This week's theme was really talk. This week's three. This week's theme was all about resumes and cover letters and how to showcase your skill set in a compelling way to engage an audience and to show off your best assets while bringing a unique personality to your personal documentations. I found that during the content of this week, I really learned how to express myself and learn the best way to captivate my audience and to critique my resume and cover letter to suit their interests as well as showing off my personal skill set, what I bring to a table, and what's my competitive edge. So this episode's really going to go through the do's and don'ts of developing your cover letter and resume and how to properly communicate what your achievements have been so far and how you can contribute to a team or to an employer. The first idea that we kind of went over and I kept referring back to was that your resume is a living document. And I think that although we might feel this way and kind of every time we go to apply to a job, we'll critique the resume a little bit, review it, add whatever needs to be added, take away maybe stuff that isn't really relevant anymore. And then, of course, a cover letter tends to be more of a template that maybe you can manipulate certain words or certain areas to, again, best suit your audience. But I really liked the quote of a resume is a living document because it is true. We should be constantly updating it and constantly revising it and making sure that it's not just showing off our greatest assets, but it's also a reflection of the change and growth that we've gone through and that we're continuing to do as we develop ourselves and we develop our skills and our achievements. So the first step, so I'm going to go into cover letter first and what I got really and what my biggest takeaways were from the cover letter. Now, I found that the best pieces of advice were that you want to first customize your cover letter and resume to the application. So maybe you are using different words. Maybe you are trying to develop a thesis throughout your work to orchestrate that you are tailoring and knowledgeable of the position that you're applying for and that you do have relevant skills and qualifications that would make you a valid candidate. Number two is that you want it to be curated and precise. So again, this goes back to last week's episode talking about how you want to be clear and concise in your emails, in your communication, and This shouldn't be any different than when you're applying for a job. Number three is you want to cross-reference your resume to the cover letter. So these should have very similar flows to one another. If you're talking about something that you've worked on in a cover letter that you think would really suit this employer, you should also have that referenced again on the resume and maybe have more of a technical detail when you go through it. Another one that I love for the resume is that it's a, it's skimmable for highlights. And this can be used kind of for a cover letter as well. Cover letters do tend to give a little bit more of an overview of you as a person, and then resumes can be a bit more technical and bullet form. However, I think that when you do break down bullet forms of your skill sets and you put them at the top just to highlight it, it's a really nice way for your audience to read your resume 
without having to read through a paragraph. So write out sentences that you think flow well and give you a really great edge into developing who you are. But when you have your resume, using that as more of a quick capture and a highlight documentation. And then number five is documentation for a potential interview. And so this means that you want to end your cover letter with a piece that would be saying that you'd like to follow up with an interview, that you would like to talk more, that you're hoping to hear back, that you hope that you are considered for this possible position, and that this is going to give you that edge for them to want an interview. So they can see your skill set, they can see your qualifications, they can see certain things that you've worked on, and they're knowing little snippets about you, and those little snippets are enough to get you that interview. They are compelling enough, they are interesting enough that they are almost hooked. And I think that when you can think of it like you're trying to hook your audience and you're trying to get that interview for yourself, it helps you land the interview. And the interview is what will help you get the job as opposed to the resume and cover letter having everything you could possibly think of on there to get you the job. Think of it as what can I say on these two pieces to get me an interview? And yeah, I just felt like going over the cover letter resume was super helpful. It was amazing. We did an activity where we used our old cover letter resume and we compared it to our new one. And I thought that the biggest takeaway for me was the to whom it may concern. I've been guilty in the past of writing that because sometimes I'm just not too sure. And yes, you could put the department or you could put the potential person or if you have some sort of insider information, you might actually know the name, but sometimes it feels a little bit forward putting that in the document. So I would suggest that if you can go through Google or some sort of directory and find their name, just do a little bit dig, a little bit extra digging and take on that little bit of responsibility for yourself just to make sure that you are covering your bases and that you've done your due diligence of understanding who that who will be your interviewee potentially and who's looking at this is it a front desk receptionist is it one of the head of departments is there someone who actually does all the hiring at this position that you could cater it to them and also with the sign off I think you want to always thank them for their time again you're taking someone's time away when they're reading anything that you've given to them so you always want to be appreciative and grateful for that because you would want that in return if you were taking time out of your day to look at someone else's application. And I think another one that we did talk about was have someone else review your resume, review your cover letter, read it over, get them to tell you what they thought when they went through it. Maybe you're missing something. Maybe they think, you know, you're also really good at this and it can help you. Or maybe they could tell you that one part of it distracted you. And again, you want to make sure that you're not using any basic jargon and any sort of general words like hardworking, team player, highly motivated, goal oriented, type those types of buzzwords again that don't really say anything that significant to who you are and what you're doing and they're almost obvious ones where you, your employer would probably be thinking well I hope so. You want to instead describe what you've done give maybe 
some concrete evidence or experiences or examples of what you've done that would that reflect what those types of words are trying to convey. And I think the overall message that we really tried to hone in on was that you want to focus on the principle of PRE, which stands for Purposeful, Reader-Centric, and Economical. And this again just kind of ties back to last week's episode where we're saying this is for someone else, it's not for you to read, it's for someone else to read, and you want to be thinking, how can I tailor this and speak to them to show them what I can do for them and what they will gain by hiring me, by interviewing me. And so that's what you can really do with a cover letter. And I found personally when I was redoing my cover letter, this was what I struggled with the most because I found it difficult to tell a potential employer what I could do for them when I didn't exactly know the position or what I would actually be doing for my practicum. So I think if you actually had a potential job that you knew what you would be doing for them and you knew what they were looking for via application, it'd be easier to tailor this cover letter in terms of you can help them. But I found for me, it was hard to not use I and not to just go off and describing my own skill sets and my own passions and interests and what I would like to bring to the table. And again, it's a lot easier if you can be concise and be very limiting with your words, but use very powerful and ones that will convey the, the proper message. And again, you need to go back and refer to week two to figure out if you'd like to know so that you can make sure that you won't be having any barriers when they're reading your resume and cover letter. Now, apart from the course of Arts 4800, what I've been doing for my actual practicum placement, I've still been doing a lot of research. I've discovered through their website that they have a few different walk They've had a few different organized walks done in the past, and now with COVID, they've had to limit these walks, and instead of doing larger groups, they've had to also limit the amount of people. So they're happening less frequently and with less people. And I've also learned that the bog used to be an old peat mining site, so there's actually some old artifacts of the mine still left in the bog. So, so far, it's just been a lot of reading and kind of helping myself get a better understanding of what a bog entails and the different terminology. So I actually have been finding it pretty interesting. It's just been a lot of reading and I'm sort of slowly trying to think of ways that I can organize what I'm learning and information and sort of streamline it because again they are just trying to gather a bunch of information right now so that they can create a So they can create more public awareness and try to grab more attention from the public and government to raise money and to get funding so that they can create a boardwalk. And I also learned through my host that they were able to create a platform on their own due to a large donation and that they made the boardwalk themselves, they made the platform for viewing themselves but the signage has actually taken them five years and the signage alone is very expensive and the city of Vancouver actually has the final say and they will do the contracting for the artist and approve the signage and message 
and the overall look and then they will install it and that's what takes so much time and what takes so long so it's just also been very interesting learning about sort of the policies around the different practices of the parks recreations organizations and then also the city of Vancouver and how they kind of intermingle and that there's a delegator and someone who is a that sort of mediates back and forth between Dirty Reach and also City Vancouver. So I've just been trying to understand that relationship too because that will really help me going forward and just seeing what their long-term goal is. And again, a lot of the people on the board members are all volunteers like myself. So they also have other jobs, most of them are teachers. And it just seems as though there is a lot to be done and that this will be a long-term goal for them and I'm just a little player in this long-term goal but it's been really exciting to be a part of it so far. That is all for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and it's been really great keeping you up to date and reflecting myself on what I've learned so far and my hopes for the BOG and the ways I can help them. I feel now that I have a relationship with the bog and I want to help it and I'm fascinated by the fact that 75% of the bog has been converted into cranberry fields and there's only a 15% of the bog remaining that's been actually harvested for the peat mining and that an another 10% is what remains as undisturbed bog forest and that is the 10% that they're trying to save right now and allow access for people to be able to view it and see it safely but right now there is no public access because the bog is in such a critical condition where it's easily disturbed and will lose its biodiversity and it's under threat so it needs to be carefully managed and it needs to be carefully protected so yes thank you for listening to my recap of week three i hope i gave you some valuable insights into how to build a strong cover letter and resume from learning what I have learned this past week. Until next week, bye!